So if you turn to your bulletin, I would like us to say the scripture of the day together. It's either in your bulletin. You will also find it on your screen if you are worshiping with us from home this morning. So let us say this verse together from Colossians. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Let us pray. Holy God, may all that we do and say in this day be well and good in your sight. Amen. So I'd like to take a moment and give you a brief snapshot of what it's like to be a director of youth ministries. For the most part, every school calendar year tends to revolve around the next summer's mission trip. Everything from planning meetings to required service projects to fundraising. And in the many decades-long tradition of Rosedale, always having an eye on the international trip that pops up every four years is also part of the package, especially when it comes to planning and finances. Typically, for a youth director, it's really only a matter of weeks after you come home from a summer mission trip when you start thinking about the next year's trip. So in the late summer of 2019, we had our mission trip for the summer of 2020, all booked and planning for the year had begun. And to top things off, the summer of 2021 was slated to be the next international mission trip. So by January of 2020, I had reserved us a spot with a mission out of Costa Rica that had come highly recommended to me by another youth pastor here in the Presbytery. Of course, you all can imagine the rest of the story leading up to the summer of 2020. The mission retreat, as we ended up calling it, was literally Plan E as we navigated those first months of the pandemic. And being able to do that trip only happened by the grace of God. As the year unfolded, COVID continued to dictate everything that we did as a society, as a church, and of course, as a youth group. Having learned from the pain of having to rework our mission trip of 2020 five times over, I knew that if we were lucky enough to pull off a trip in 2021, it would have to be inexpensive, somewhat local, and in a fairly controlled living environment, preferably a place where no other groups were involved. So patience and trust in God as the year unfolded were certainly the order of the day. As some of you may know, I have the good fortune of being an adjunct professor in the doctoral program at Ecumenical Theological Seminary in Detroit, and have been doing this for about six years now. The program is laid out over three years, and students attend what are called emergent weeks, two times a year, one in January and once in August. And like everyone else, ETS took to Zoom for their classes. So during emergent week in January of 2020, I am meeting my students for the first time, and as we are going around the Zoom room and making introductions, I happened to notice that one of the students 
has a beautiful expanse of trees out her kitchen window, which I can see behind her. So I make the comment to her that she has an amazing backyard, to which she replies that it's actually her front yard, and that just beyond the trees is Lake Huron. She went on to explain that she and her family live at a Christian camp and retreat center because her husband is the proprietor of the grounds. Immediately, my mind clicked into youth ministry mode and asked if they ever have groups come and do work projects around the camp. Yes, she said enthusiastically. So I immediately got her husband's contact information, and not long after that, we had our high school mission trip for 2021 all set. And we happened to be the first group that came into that camp since March of 2020. So this is how we found ourselves at Blue Water Camp and Conference Center in Lexington, Michigan this past summer. And it was perfect for our needs. It was perfect for the current situation with COVID. Lexington is about an hour and a half drive from here, so there was comfort in being fairly close to home. The camp was inexpensive, which was helpful since we were unable to do any fundraising this past year. You're welcome. <laughs> and we had the entire place to ourselves, the whole camp, enabling us to function as a family unit for the whole week. And to top it off, the work projects were pretty great as well. Babs, our administrative assistant, and I took a trip together up to the camp in May so that I could get a lay of the land, check out the facilities, and talk over work projects with Kurt, our host for the week. As we were walking the grounds, I noticed they did not have a gaga ball pit, which is very common for camps to have these days. And if you are unfamiliar, Gaga ball is a game played in a circular pit that generally has walls about two to three feet high and participants bat an inflatable ball on the ground around the circle trying to hit their opponents in the legs to knock them out of the game. I had asked Kurt if he would like us to build them one, for which of course he was not going to say no. And thanks to Brad Avis's research, he found a playground equipment company out of Florida that had Gaga ball pit kits, so we had the materials shipped up to Blue Water Camp for one of our work projects for the week. It only took a few hours for a small crew to build a 26-foot diameter pit, which we also enjoyed playing in ourselves throughout the week. A few weeks ago, I received a text from Kurt thanking us all again for the pit and letting us know how much other groups had been enjoying it all summer long. Other projects our kids participated in were scraping and repainting some basketball poles and staining a wood wall that housed the dumpster. The biggest project of the week was cleaning out and reorganizing a large woodshed, as well as replacing the roof. It is always great when you have work projects that allow you to learn new skills, as well as show the results of your work at the end of the week. And we were very fortunate to have both on this trip. Other events of the week included putt-putt, which became a, a game of speed putt-putt, which you just heard about. Our first ever talent show where everyone participated in. And story time with Joe every night. And themed days 
This year's themes were Superhero Day, Disney Day, Christmas Day, and Wild Wild West Day. Everyone was divided into small groups, and each group had various chores each day, like meal prep and cleanup, as well as sprucing up bathrooms and common areas. And of course, each day began with morning devotions, and every evening concluded with worship and programming. Inspired by the beautiful grounds of the camp and the trees that surrounded us, our overall theme for the week was rooted in Christ. And it was easy to come by. And our scripture verse from Colossians that we read earlier this morning was perfect for it. After breakfast on our first morning together, I sent the students off on their own with their Bible and a scripture reference. And I gave them two directions. First, find a tree to hang out with and ask it its name. No, they weren't to name the tree, but to ask the tree for its name. And I know you're curious, so here you go. Some of the trees our students got to know at the Blue Water Camp were Hank, Carmen, Alfred, Teresa, Sam, Phil Federson III, Big Bob, and Rutherford. Their second directive was to spend time reading the scripture verse I had given them and to quietly spend time with God and their tree. So we spent the week digging into the scriptures and learning about how important trees are to God and how important they are to the whole story of humankind and ultimately our story of redemption and salvation. Next to God and people, trees are mentioned more than any other living thing in all of Scripture. Trees are mentioned in the first and the last book of the Bible, and trees play a role in every major story in Scripture. Additionally, a tree is the only thing that Jesus ever harmed, and a tree was ultimately the only thing that ever harmed Jesus. And something else interesting to note about trees is that they can live just fine without human beings. But human beings cannot live without trees, both literally and spiritually, as we discovered. So on our first night of worship and programming at camp, Brad did an amazing teaching about the root systems of trees and how they function both with one another as well as other living things in the forest. Through the use of mycelia, which are the little roots of mushrooms, trees are able to literally communicate with one another in a forest system. If one tree is not receiving enough type of nutrient for health and sustainability, the other trees of the forest are made aware of this and send part of their own supply through their roots to the tree in need. This is an incredibly beautiful picture of a community of God's creation. And how lucky are we that we all have the exact same community of care because of Christ's vision for his church. Like a tree, when our roots run deep into the soil of God's word, when we become immersed in the faith recognize Jesus Christ as the source of all good gifts, then we become part of an incredible network of God's kingdom, which is designed to care for and protect one another.
When a community of faith is keeping its eyes and ears open to the needs of others, it can send out its resources where needed, thus fulfilling God's command on our lives to assist the poor, the orphans, and the widows, to bind up the brokenhearted, and to seek out the lost. As a church, part of what we are attempting to do is help children and teens dig their roots into the soil of Christ's love, and to understand that connection of being part of a living, breathing community of faith that is there in times of great need and is there in times of great joy. But our time with our children is fleeting, is it not? Parents, you certainly know this all too well, especially those of you with grown children. You wonder where the time went. As someone who has found a part of my life's calling to speak the love of Jesus Christ into the lives of teenagers, I recognize my time to be especially fleeting. Four to six years is all I get. And because of this, I often have times of desperation. I feel desperate to connect with them, to teach them, to share with them this incredible love that God has for them, and to help them realize the necessity of being a part of a church community, to help them see how special youth group and mission trips can be, because four to six years goes by so fast. And of course, those four to six years that we get with these students is made even shorter as there is quite a battle for kids' time and attention, whether it be sports, organizations, other activities, jobs, or sleep, or whether it even simply be the challenges of disinterest or apathy or commitment. Because we have to be honest with ourselves and with one another and acknowledge that commitment to the church in many cases, does not hold the same sway in our lives as it does towards other things. And I look forward to the day, especially in regards to youth ministry, when that is no longer the case. And now, thanks to COVID, we're out of practice, are we not? We are out of the discipline of routine and commitment as all of our lives were shaken up. And for a period of time, we were asked to literally do nothing. And thanks to COVID, plans and schedules changed on a dime, and now it's even harder to make commitments when commitments of the past had to be put on hold or fell through, and not because we chose for that to happen. So I would gather many of us find ourselves a little gun-shy to commitment to anything, as we have in some ways become accustomed to outside forces coming along at the blink of an eye and uprooting everything. And I can only imagine how difficult this past year has been on families of children and teenagers with having to navigate such troubled and unpredictable waters. So this is where the community of faith steps in. This is where the forest needs to do its work. This is where our mycelia and our roots need to start talking to one another. This is where we need to encourage one another in our commitments to God. This is where we need to reach out to meet the needs of others 
this is where we need to recognize that coming out of this pandemic is going to be much harder than we all ever anticipated. This is where we need to recognize that involvement in a community of faith is valuable time well spent. This is where we need to recognize that we need to encourage one another in the faith and dig our, our roots deep into the soil of Jesus Christ. This is where we need to recognize the value of committing our children to having those moments where they can encounter the divine. Because let's remember that as a church community, when we come together on those wonderfully joyous baptism Sundays, we are active participants in that moment of baptism as we are pledging ourselves as a community to be involved in the spiritual lives of those children and to help parents root their children in the community of faith and have pledged to teach them about the love that God has for them. And not only that, but we are also reminded of our own baptisms and how others committed themselves to rooting us in the faith as well. Again, it's a beautiful picture of how God intends to take care of all of us through our love for him and for one another, and that it's a, and that it's a picture of a community rooted in Christ that is in, intended to recreate itself over and over again with every generation. But it's something that needs to be worked at. It's something that needs to be encouraged. It's something that requires commitment. I am grateful for this community's incredible commitment that you all have for the children and youth ministry. I am grateful for the legacy that this church has created in this manner. There are hundreds of kids who have been rooted in Christ thanks to this church. And I pray that there will be hundreds and hundreds more long after we all are gone. But in order for that to happen, we need to continue to commit ourselves to building one another up in the faith now. Friends, there is nothing like a church community filled with true disciples of Jesus Christ. And there is nothing like living lives rooted in him. Because it is surely in the soil of his love where we find everything that we need to navigate this life. Strength, encouragement, love, forgiveness, understanding, community, among many, many other things. And it is my hope and prayer that you have been reminded of that this day as we give God thanks for yet another high school mission trip whose sole mission was to take one invaluable week of their lives and attempt to root the students in Christ's love. But we all know it takes more than a week. Faith formation and discipleship is a lifelong journey, but it is a lifelong journey made better by others in our forest who can hear the cry of our roots when we are in need, and by those who can encourage us in our commitment to faith. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.